at victory when faith seems weak. The ways to have victory when your faith is misplaced, your faith is wavering, your faith, it, it seems that you, you, or it looks like you are not walking in faith, but you actually are. Hallelujah. Because faith is not necessarily always getting the results. You could trust God for something and not get the results, but you are still walking in faith. But anytime you walk in faith, the end result is what matters. Hallelujah. The end result is what really matters. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. But before then, let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. Victory when faith seems weak. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now this is very important. The Bible is saying that the one who is born of God overcome the world overcomes the world either the one or what so it doesn't it's not just a person any thought that is born of god any person that is born of god any idea that is born of god any plan that is born of god or initiated of god overcomes so it means that once god is a part of it once god starts it once god initiates it it has overcome the world very important. So it means that if I am going to plan something or I'm going to do something, I must make sure that God is in it. So it means that if I have a business idea or I have a plan, I must say, God, I pray that you would be a part of this and you, it will be born of you. Father God, please let this be from you. Put your hand in it so that it will be initiated of God before you start. Don't start something and then bring God in. Actually, let God be the start of it. So you have an idea, God, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to initiate this. Because whatever is born or initiated of God, verse 4, is, has overcome the world. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now, what is the world? The world is anything wrong. The world is what you and I are praying against. The world is what you and I are fighting against. When you talk about the world, you are talking about sin, you are talking about disease, you are talking about poverty, you are talking about the things you and I pray that against. That is the world. That is the world. So the Bible is saying that anything that is initiated of God has succeeded. If I am born of God, I have succeeded. If I am born of God or you are born of God, anyone who is born of God or any person who is born again has overcome the world. Who oh, glory to God. Did you get that? Because a born again person has been born of God. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. So we achieve this victory over the world through our faith. It means that without faith, you cannot overcome the world. Without faith, you have lost the battle before it started. Look at this in NLT, verse 4. For every child of God defeats this evil world 
by trusting Christ to give victory. Hallelujah. Look at this in uh, uh, ESV. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Look at it in NESB. For whatever, whatever, not just whosoever, other versions will say whoever, but it's whatever, who and what is born of God overcomes the world. A person who is born of God is a born again Christian. An idea that is born of God is what a born again Christian has thought of and God has, is a part of. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. Has overcome the world. And this, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. So without faith, you cannot overcome the world. It means that faith in God is very, very important to receive victory in every crisis, in every battle, in everything we do. We need faith. Now let's go to verse 5. Now faith in what? Faith in what? Hallelujah. Now, faith in what? Who is the one who overcomes the world? Now, the Bible is explaining what it means to overcome the world and the kind of faith we are talking about. Because fear is negative faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So it's not just faith in God per se, but faith in who? In Jesus. Because you can have faith in God by having faith in Jesus. Someone can say, I have faith in God. There are people who have faith in the God of Israel, but don't have faith in Jesus Christ. So it is not just a matter of having faith in God. So that, that, that's why Jesus is the center of it all. You can have faith or have faith in God, Jehovah God. But if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, it's, it's, it doesn't change your story. It has to be faith in Jesus. So, who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That is the person who has overcome the world. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, or fi finally, King James, please. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. After everything is said and done, be strong. Be what? Strong. Be formidable. Many are formidable in soccer. Many, some are formidable in sports. Some are formidable in, in, in different clothing. Oh, uh, this designer. Bags. Shoes. Sports. Sports clubs. Politics. Oh, there are some people who, who excel in politics. But does it help you? If you are going through a crisis and you are strong in these things, how is that going to benefit you? 
being strong in video games, how has that benefited you except glory? <laughs> except you, are, you, you have faith in God and God makes you a developer of video games. I'm preaching. So, be strong in the Lord. So, you and I must be... Not, what does it mean to be strong in the Lord? It means to be knowledgeable in the Lord. It means to be formidable in the Lord. It means to be equipped with knowledge from God. It means to, to know God. And in his power. Be confident in the power of God. Because if you, don't, you are not confident in God's power, you will not even have faith in him. Because there were some, uh, uh, two blind people and two lepers. They rushed to Jesus. And Jesus asked them a question. Do you think I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? So if you don't believe in the power of his might, you might not believe that God is able to do it. So do you believe I'm able to do it? And another time he asks, do you think I am willing to do it? So number one, do you think God has the ability to do it? Number two, do you think God is willing to do it? You need to believe in those two to get what you are looking for. You must believe that God is able and willing. And then Jesus said, yes, I will. And then heal the person. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles, the methods, the tricks of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Or NASB says, for our struggle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, back to King James, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual forces or wickedness in heavenly places. King James, good. Now verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that he may be able to withstand in the evil day. There is an evil day that comes to people. It could be sickness. It could be your, your deathbed. Even if you are 99, that is the day you are departing from the earth. It could be anything. It could be loss of opportunity. The evil day comes. But when the armor of God is on, then in the evil day, you, having done all, you'll be able to stand. Oh, hallelujah. I said you'll be able to stand. You'll be able to stand against everything the devil has against you. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins get about with truth, or having the belt of truth on, and having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, where which he might be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all sins. Go back to verse 16. Verse 16 explains the faith aspect. Above all, so meaning that above everything, and over everything above, meaning that when the shield is above everything, the shield of faith will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, this is very important because in the olden days, remember that this was written 
2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. So in those days, the soldiers had their armor. The helmet, the breastplate, the shoes, the belt, they had the whole armor on. Now, when they fought, they fought, you should, if you watch this King Arthur and all these people, you see that they had shields, they had swords. swords. Now, many people would take, the enemy would take an arrow and then put it in a, a, a oil and put cloth around it so that it will burn. So that when it touches your wooden shield, it will start burning. If it touches your body, you are done. So the devil also has fiery darts that he throws at Christians and throws at people. When he throws it at someone who is not a Christian and it touches the person, the, that's it, they finish. They'll be walking, but dead man walking or dead woman walking, done. People are dead before they die, actually, because things happen in the spiritual before they are manifested in the physical. So people are dead as they are walking. There's a movie, Dead Man Walking. So he was on death row, dead. He, you are walking, but you are dead. And he was executed. But in the spirit, it's declared that this person is dead. But they are moving around. But you are dead already. Everybody in the, in the heavens know you are dead. But that's not our story. But the fiery darts, when they touch you and you don't have the right shield, you are burning. You should watch Braveheart, those movies. Braveheart, William Wallace, true story of uh, Scotland when there was the England and Scotland. You should watch Joan of Arc, true story also. Yes, Phoebe will be able to, she can even tell you the whole story before you even watch it. Joan of Arc. Hallelujah. You can watch King Arthur, all those movies, and you will see the, the fiery darts. Now, the shield of faith is the only shield that can distinguish them. When the fiery dart comes, it just blasts it off, off and it doesn't attach you to you. And the shield of faith is so strong because some people in the wars, they had shields, but the shields were not big enough. So even though it was metal, the, the arrow would still penetrate because a lot of arrows, they didn't just shoot one, they shot many. That's why sometimes when the devil is attacking from different directions. So they shoot many. Some would be uh, 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 deflected by the, 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 the shield, but some would enter. It was only those who had the big shields and they all were in unity that the shields cover each other and no arrow is able to penetrate. Are you getting what I'm saying? Also, the shield of faith is big enough to be able to stop everything the devil can bring my way and your way. No matter what it is, even if the whole forces of the devil, even if all the demons of, uh, that have been that are on earth decide to come against you, one person, the shield of faith will be able to distinguish them all. So faith is very, very important. That's why the Bible says, I'll repeat it again in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. So this is very, very important. Now, what are some of the things that you and I need to do to make sure? What do we do to make sure that victory occurs when faith seems weak? Number one. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. 
For we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What does it mean? It means you and I must know that our enemy is the devil. That all sickness, all problems originate from the devil. Very important to know that. Know that the opposition comes from the devil, not from your family member. Even if your family member is the engine the devil is using. I'll repeat that. Sometimes the family member is the engine the devil is using to affect you. But the devil has a caveat. When he finishes using you, then he will destroy you yourself. Did you get that? Somebody hates a family member and is trying to destroy the family member. It's the real enemy is the devil. Because the devil is the one who has incited a person to do that. So if the person doesn't repent after the enemy tries to attack you, if you are not a believer, and succeeds, then the enemy will fight the person. Because the devil wants to destroy the person who he's using. When you are a Christian, the enemy's weapons are deflected. So it doesn't affect you. Glory to God. Especially when you have the shield of faith on. Even if all the witches and occultics and wizards come, they cannot affect you. All of them. Because remember that they are the rulers, they are the underdogs. They are using powers to affect you. So if those powers are under your feet, then what about the witches and the occult people? They, I mean, they are under those people. They get the powers from those people. I don't know if you get what I'm talking about. Very, very important. We have been given authority over all. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 17, 16 to 18. Am I preaching to somebody? It's very important before we start going through the things to understand it. Luke chapter 10, verse 16. Luke. Keep going. Go to, yes. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Or let me say it in another way. And the 70 again the 70 returned again with joy saying lord even the devils submit to us through thy name it means when the devil is attacking someone or attacking you you can say in the name of jesus christ live in jesus name and the devil has to submit to the name of jesus christ i don't know i'm preaching to somebody continue verse 18. and he said unto them i beheld satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power. But this word is authority. After this, you read it in NESB. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Look at another version. NESB. Behold, I give unto you authority. But if you didn't use NESB, but you went to the concordance, it will explain that it's authority. I give unto you because there's a difference between God giving you power and God giving you authority. If God gave you power, there could be someone's power who is higher than yours. So each Christian will have varying degrees of power. But no, I give you authority. So the authority I give you is based on God's power. And there is no power greater than God's power. So if God is giving you authority, delegated, authority is delegated power. 
the power of God backing you and I. So God is giving you and I delegated power. A policeman who stops me, I have to stop because if I don't stop, there will be a forces that will come. Because the policeman has been given authority by the mayor, then the governor, then the president, and it goes on. So I don't need to be stronger than the policeman for the policeman to handcuff me. In the same way, the devil, you, don't, you yourself do not need to be strong. Yes, there are giants in the land. We are like grasshoppers in your side, but our God is bigger. So even though the police person is, 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 is smaller, I have to submit because of the authority that the policeman is using. In the same way, demons and evil spirits, they have to submit because of the name and the authority God has given to us. That's why Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents, evil spirits, and scorpions, and over all. All. Some people have written 90%. No, all. It doesn't matter what evil spirit it is. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will injure you. Nothing will injure you. Nothing will injure you. Hallelujah. You and I must believe it. God has given us the authority. So it's important to know where your opposition comes from. And your opposition comes from the devil. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 3. Am I preaching to somebody? Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you. But I beseech you, that I may not be bold when I am present, with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Let's stop here. Let's go back. Now look at it in NLT. So even though we are living human lives, our wrestle is not against human beings. We are human, but we don't wage war with human plans and methods. We do not wage war. That's because if it is a human being fighting you, your boss fighting you, then you use human tactics and it will fail. But you can win every battle in the closet of prayer. Glory to God. You can win every battle in the word. So it's very, very important to know that if there is a battle... Don't use human plans. Don't use human methods. You and I must use the weapons of our warfare. And those weapons are the word and prayer. Am I preaching to somebody? As am I preaching to somebody? The word and prayer. The word and prayer. So know that the, the, the one who is opposing you is not God. Because some people feel that, way, that God is punishing me for my sins. So God is dealing with me and God is, is, no, 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 no. So, because if you feel that God is against you, then you can't pray to the God you feel is against you. So you just give up. But if you know that the opposition is not from God, but from the devil, the opposition is not from your family member, but the devil. Even though the devil can use your family member. Even though the devil can use someone else. 
So if the devil is using someone else, don't attack the person. Attack the one behind the person. Am I preaching to somebody? Attack the devil in prayer, in the word. Oh, hallelujah. Number two. Be sure that you are not walking in sin. First John chapter 1, verse 7. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Let's continue, verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Imagine someone who says that I have no sin. Another person who says that, yes, I'm a sinner saved by grace. The one who says they have no sin, God's truth does not exist in that person. But the one this is written to believers. I'll explain it. The one who says, I have sinned, but God has saved me, and I'm living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. That person, God's word is in that person. Look at verse 9, then we'll go to 1 John 2, 1, and 1 John 2, 1 will explain it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 2, 1. My little children. Now, when Apostle John is writing to his little children, he's writing to the Christians. My little children. My little what? Children. These things write I unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate, a paraclete. We have an advocate. The Greek word is paraclete, the same word given to the Holy Spirit. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's our advocate. He's our lawyer. He's our defense. Glory. If God is your defense, who can fight against you? If God be for us, who can be against us? So the key is make sure that there's no lingering sin. If you persist in wrongdoing, you will get into trouble sooner or later. And your faith will not work. Your prayers will not work. Very important. What do you think? Very, very important. Now, there are some different types of sins that people must be aware of because some people feel that, okay, I'm not fornicating, I'm not doing this, so I'm not sinning. Meanwhile, their prayers are hindered. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to 26 is an example. <clears throat> Am I preaching? What do you think? Amen. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God, or have the faith of God, or have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, now this is the faith verse. I mean, this verse, you can't go wrong with it. Kenneth Higgins' verse. For verily I say unto you, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He, therefore she also, shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Before we move on to the next, just stay in verse 24. So Jesus is saying that anyone who has faith in God and does not doubt in their hearts, but believes that whatever they say shall happen, they will have it. If there is someone, when you go to Jerusalem mountains, 
So it was not, a, God forbid that I'll ever say that it was an image, a, a, figure, figure, a, a figure of speech. Jesus was looking at the mountain. He was not, he was, this, this was no symbol. That sound like some preachers say. That one, I can bank my money on it. A literal mountain. When you go to Jerusalem, it's all mountains. Now, Jesus saw a literal mountain and said that if anyone has faith and does not doubt, but tells this mountain to move to yonder place or to move to the sea, that mountain will obey that person. That mountain will obey. So whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart or her heart, but shall believe that the things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So any person who says or wants something and doesn't doubt and trust God, they will get it. Therefore, verse 24, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Come. Take your glasses. Can I have your glasses? When she gives it to me, what do I say? Thank you. I say thank you because I have received it. But Jesus is saying, Believe you've received and you have. So start to thank God before you have it. Because you believe you've received. When we are talking about faith, we'll talk about it. Even though we are talking about faith, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Because verse 24, believe you've received. When you've received, you rejoice. When God gives you a miracle, what will you do? Oh, I praise the Lord. I bless the Lord. Oh, God is good. That's what you must do before you have it. You must believe that it is yours before you get it. That is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You've not received it yet. You've not seen it yet. Just like in America, the certificate. Your college degree. Most likely you will not, you walk without the paper. But you can apply for a job that you've received your degree. Because you know you have it. In the same way, believe glory to God. Believe you've received it and you shall have it. We'll talk about that later, but let's continue. Verse 25. But, and when you stand praying, forgive. So, verse 25 and 26 can negate verse 22, 23, 24. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any. That your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Next verse. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So another sin is a sin of unforgiveness. That many Christians, they could live modest, good lives, but God is angry with them because they've not forgiven If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Am I preaching to someone? But even those who don't take verse 26, let's look at verse 25. No one will explain it separately. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against another. That your father, look at it in NLT. Forgiveness. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. This definitely implies that if you do not forgive, your Father will also not forgive. By implication. 
There's a true account of a lady who had breast cancer. Kenneth Hagan was telling the story, breast, breast cancer on the left breast and on her deathbed, ready to die. True story. Couldn't move, bed fast, no movement, ready to die. When you say ready to die, it means giving up. Everybody knows you are dying. But the pastors prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, no results. Kenneth Hagin himself came, was called, prayed, no results. And Kenneth Hagin was like, what? <laughs> how? No results, how? Why, why, why no results? So he prayed to God and said, I usually, when it comes to cancer, all those things, it's God, you heal people when I pray. Why is it that I cannot? May you be someone who, when, God, when you pray, God heals. Why? And then God said, ask her whether she has unforgiveness. So he went and asked her. She said some cousin. Her cousin swindled her some time back. And because of that, she's never forgiven him. So God said, uh, Kenneth Hagin said, pray that God will forgive you for unforgiveness after forgiving your, your cousin. So she forgave the cousin, prayed for forgiveness. And then she said, I've done it. Then Kenneth Hagin said, I cast you out, you unclean spirit, a spirit of infirmity. Get out of her in Jesus' name. And you felt like a battle-like creature left her left breast. She got up immediately and started to minister. Healed completely. I was praying for a lady who was depressed and wanted to kill herself a number of times. And when I prayed and cast out the devil, I felt like the same bat-like creature leave the body. And she never had that problem again. Hallelujah. But what made the difference? Forgiving. What made the difference? Forgiving. And then Jesus gave the parable of the unmerciful servant who had been forgiven a lot. He will not act the thing properly, so I won't even attempt, or he will spoil the service. Okay. Now, who wants to be the next person? I need one more person. Okay. As usual, come. <laughs> now, I am someone, now, you are someone who wanted to punish me. And you are the, okay, you are someone who wants to punish me. I owe you a, 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 a billion dollars. And you are asking me for the money. Ask me for the money. Uh, you know a billion dollars? G give her the. <laughs> but don't, if you, someone owes you and they are about to put them in jail, you'll not be seeing it like that. You'll be seeing it. You know how to be mean. Be mean. <laughs> you are not mean. You are very nice. But you know how to be mean when you are acting. So act mean. Can you give me my billion dollars? No. Can you give me? Can you give me my billion dollars? <laughs> I don't have it. I don't have it. Tell me you are going to put me in jail. I'm going to put you in jail. I beg you. I beg you. Please, please <laughs> act. Okay, you act it. Do you know? You know what to do. Okay, you be the other person just for time's sake. Tell me. Give me my billion dollars now. I need it. I don't, I don't have it. I don't have it. I'm going to put you in please, jail. Please, 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 please. No, please, you're going to please. jail. I beg you, I beg you. Then I agree. I beg you. Then I agree. Okay, okay, you're good. 
Okay. So Jesus gave the parable of I own a billion dollars. She being the creditor and going to put me and my family in jail. And then I beg for forgiveness and she lets me go. Now, you are a bystander. You, 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 you are a bystander watching what I'm doing to Kevin. Now, Kevin, I owe, Ke Kevin owes me $10. And I'm asking him for the same person was forgiven. Give me my $10. You don't have it. Say you don't have it. I don't have it. Give me my $10. <laughs> take him to jail. Take him to jail. Take him to jail. Take him. Take him. Take him. Take him. <laughs> then come back. Then, no, take him. Phoebe. Then you are a bystander, shocked. Because you were there when I was begging this person for a billion dollars. And now $10, I cannot forgive. So you go and report it to this one. After reporting it to this one, now you are going to force me to go to jail. So, how many are getting me? The people are not acting the thing. But you see, if you know the story, you act it well. Okay, let's put our hands together for Phoebe. And then, please, Kevin. Now, let's switch roles. I am now the one who forgave. You are now me. Are you getting me so far? You getting me? Now, I will tell you, hey, Tate, did I not forgive you a billion dollars? Yes, you did. Were you not grateful? I was. Then how come there was someone you owed $10 the, the, who owed you ten dollars and you put them in jail? I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Take her to jail. So she loses. So do you, do you understand the story? The story is that you and I, we owed God what we could not pay Him. We owed God billions of dollars. It's impossible to pay Him because He created us. And he has the right to decide our lives. And we owed him because of our sin. And the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 6, All we as sheep have gone astray. Each man has gone his own way. So someone who created you, we've gone our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So if we owed God, we couldn't pay. And God was going to punish us. But forgive us in Jesus Christ. How can it be that someone owes us? No matter what someone has done to you, it's like $10 and a billion dollars. We owe God a billion dollars. The person owes you $10. And you cannot forgive that person. If you cannot forgive that person, God will not be able to forgive. Let's get that verse. Let's get that verse. God, God is, Jesus explains the verse and then explains what will happen to anyone who does not forgive from their hearts. How many are getting me so far? So it's very, very important. Look at Matthew chapter 18. Okay, yeah, they're already good. Let's start from... Um, okay. Let, let's, let's... Okay. How... I think, just for time's sake, look at verse 15. Okay, let's read verse 15, but we'll skip a few. 
Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee and go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Now go to verse 30. Let, let's start. Okay, let's start from verse. Let's start from the beginning. I, I want. I want to quickly read. At this. At that. Okay. I'm coming. This is very important. Okay, let's start from twenty-four. Verse twenty-three. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he began to reckon, one of them oh that's not uh, brought him which owed ten thousand talents. Is that let's get okay, continue. Let me get this verse. Yeah, okay, Matthew, okay, it's the correct one. Matthew 18, let's go, let's go, okay, let's continue. The, the, then said the Lord that he called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgive thee all the debt. Can't you start, because I'm, I'm rushing, just start from the beginning of the, the thing, when the, the servant asked for forgiveness and he would not. Yes, okay, verse 20. Okay, let's start again. I was in the correct place, verse 24. Let's go to verse 24. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for us, so you and I, let's read the Bible. <laughs> let's read the Bible more, because when you read it, you know where I'm looking for. Verse 26. Okay, so verse 26. So let's continue, and then we'll get to verse 26. Verse 25, so we get the story. 25, please. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. Verse 26. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. The same one who was forgiven. Continue. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came, unto, uh, came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desires, you begged me. Shouldest not thou also had had compassion, have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Are you getting the story? 
And his Lord was wroth and delivered him. So he was forgiven. Now and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. But he will never be able to pay. So he will be with the tormentors forever. Verse 35. So likewise. Verse 35 is what I'm looking for. So like. So Jesus gave a parable. Then at the end of the parable, he explained how it relates to you and now. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So it means that anyone who has not forgiven, God, how are we going to receive victory? How are we going to receive victory over the world when our faith is not working because we have unforgiveness or we are not working in love? There's also another one, and we'll continue next week, God willing. There's another sin that the children of Israel experienced, and it cost those particular ones. There were 10, 12 spies sent, and 10 gave an evil report, and 2 gave a good report. Think about it. 12 spies. 10 sent by Moses. All 12 saw giants in the land. All 12 saw that they were like grasshoppers in their sight. All of them saw it. Joshua, Caleb, and the other 10 saw it. Actually, we know Joshua and Caleb. We don't know the others, or I don't remember the others, because they sinned. Their names were not mentioned. So there the, were 12. They were all sent. When they came... As soon as Moses, Moses and the children of Israel were waiting, God has given us, promised us the promised land. In the promised land, there's milk and honey, there are grapes, there are pomegranates, there are so many wonderful things, garlic. You see, anytime you want to know what is good for you in food, go to Genesis and read about the promised land. Exodus, rather. Exodus, Deuteronomy. When you read garlic, it's important. Pomegranates. Pomegranates are shown to reduce the chances of even breast cancer and many of those things dates all these things they are all anyway that's another topic garlic all those things but they are they, so when the 12 went 10 of them as moses and the children of israel were waiting then they started crying before they got there the 10 started weeping moses and the children of israel said why are you weeping we are weeping because look what moses what god told moses is true there are, there, there are so many, the promised land is flowing with milk and honey. The promised land has pomegranates, has so many wonderful things. But there are giants in the land. And in our sight, in, in, in their sight, we look like grasshoppers. There are giants in the light, land and we are not able to overcome. Think about it. We are not able to overcome. We are defeated. Because the problems are bigger than me. Caleb and Joshua said, yes, the problems are bigger than us, but our God is well able. Let us go at once and take the land. That's why it was only Joshua and Caleb who went to the promised land. Everyone else died. God said that you are not going, I'm not going to allow you to enter the promised land. Apart from the children and Joshua and Caleb, all the adults died in the land because of doubt. The next problem is doubt. The next sin is doubt. Doubt will prevent you and I from entering the promised land or will prevent you and I from walking in faith or receiving our blessings. When we are doubting, as for that one, our faith will seem weak and there will be no escape. 
Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. And then one more verse, and then we'll continue next week, God willing. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back or doubt, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Doubt. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. And then final verse, hopefully, for today. James chapter 1, verse 4 to 8. Doubt. Doubt. Kevin, doubt. Doubt. James chapter 1, verse 4 to 8. But let patience have a perfect work that he may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, please go to verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. So if there's any who lacks wisdom, ask God, the generous God, who will give generously and will not rebuke you for asking. He will give you generously. Verse 5, verse 6. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. But what? Let him. So if you want something, ask God in faith. Do not waver. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So God is saying that the one who wavers should not expect to receive anything from God. Look at it in NLT. Verse 6 and 7. Verse 5 to 7. Are you getting the picture? If you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he will gladly tell you. He will not resent your asking. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to answer. For a doubtful mind is as unsettling as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. People like that should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. A doubtful mind. A doubtful mind. A doubtful mind. You are doubting. God, maybe God will not do it for me. God didn't do it for this person, so God will not do it for me. Is it God's will to do it for me? Is it God's will to heal me? Oh, God didn't heal this person, so maybe God will not heal me. Do not expect to receive anything from God. God has written his word that by his stripes I, we were healed. Oh, God is showing me piety. Maybe it is not God's will to heal me. Where is that in the Bible? So doubt. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. I want to encourage you to walk in faith. Not to live a life of sin, not to live a life of unforgiveness, not to live a life of doubt. Otherwise, it will be difficult to receive from God. Victory is at hand. Let's walk in faith. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. God bless you. Shall we stand to our feet? And let's speak to the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to increase our faith. That's what I figured.
ask the Lord to increase our faith. Lord, let my faith grow. Lord, let my faith grow. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, let me know that the enemy is only one enemy. And that enemy is the source of all trouble. And that is Satan, the devil. He is the enemy. And let me know that I cannot be a sinful person. I cannot be someone who is walking in unforgiveness. I cannot be someone who is also walking in, 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 in doubt. Because your word says that we cannot receive from God by that. But let me be a person of faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Speak to the Lord. Ask him to help you. Ask him to give you the grace to walk in faith. To walk in faith. To walk in faith. To walk in faith. Oh yes, Jesus. Oh Jesus, give us the, the victory. Thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory. Thank you for we are born of God. We are born of God. The victory. Your word, according to your promises, I can stand secure. Upon my heart, your truth that sets me free. to your word oh lord be it unto me be it unto me be it unto me according to your word according to your promises i can stand secure carve upon my heart truth that sets me free according to your word oh lord be it unto me be it unto me be it unto me according to your word according to your, according to your promises according to i will stand secure i will stand Carve upon my heart. Carve upon my heart. Your truth that sets me free. Yes, Lord. According to your word, oh Lord, be it unto me. One more time. Be it unto me. Yes, Lord. According to your word. According to your promises, I can stand secure. Carve upon my heart, your truth has set me free. One more time. According to your word, oh Lord. Sing it as a prayer. It's a very powerful prayer. One more time. Be it unto me according to your word, according to your promises. 
I can stand secure Carve upon my heart Your truth that sets me free According to your word, O oh Lord Be it unto me Let's all repeat If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, if you are here or you are watching, I want you to repeat after me, including all of us. Let's repeat. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you Lord Jesus for saving me. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Father God we thank you for salvation. Thank you all those who gave their lives to you or rededicated their lives to you. We pray that you keep and you preserve them. May Christ Jesus be formed in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, we may take our seats in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's now time for us to pay our tithe. Tithe is, is it's even more important than, it's, it's, it's even more important than, than the word kingdom taxes. But because tithe is 10% of our increase, no matter how small it is, even if you get $10, a dollar, God will appreciate it more than someone who got a million dollars and only paid, uh, instead of paying 100,000, paid 900,000, no, 90,000. 90,000 is much more than a dollar. But to, so far as God is concerned, the one who paid the dollar did everything they needed to do, and the 90,000 was not tithe. What do you think? Someone who has $100 in their account and gives $80 has given more than someone who has a million dollars and gave 100000 According to Jesus in the temple. Jesus in the temple saw what, what was interested in the people giving and how they give. So the Bible says that Jesus in the temple started to watch the people. He, stu- he, he, he sat right by the treasury. And was watching the people give. And how many people were giving of their abundance. They gave heavily. And how a widow gave the widow's might and dropped it in. Like a fathom. And Jesus called the disciples and said, who gave more? Jesus said, the widow. She gave, if all the others gave out of their abundance. But the widow all she had she gave out of all her she had and her want 
that the widow gave more than all the others who gave. So, when God is watching giving, he is not per se watching how much you give, but rather your giving ratio. Your giving ratio is the amount you give divided by your surplus is your giving ratio. What you gave compared to your surplus. And we are talking about people who have millions. There are so many people who, the more, it's amazing, but the more some people have, the less they give. Not, I'm, I'm talking about people who have hundreds of thousands, 200,000, 300,000. You'd be surprised how much they give. People who earn a lot. Not everyone. There are some who earn a lot who give. But we are just talking in general that many people give out of their surplus. And some people give out of their necessity. So it's very important that we give because of who God is. Give to the Lord because we love God. Give to the Lord because we want to bless him. So sometimes it's important to check your giving ratio. Hallelujah. Even tithe. Some people give 9.9%. But give 10. Hallelujah. There's a lady who... Uh, 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 used to give nine nine percent this was uh, back in the olden day nine percent hallelujah let's give ten percent hallelujah god bless you amen shall we bless the lord if you have your tithe you can raise your hands father god bless our tithe in jesus name amen Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And this is how to give. You, you text 817-826-9772. So text give to 817-826-9772. Or you can scan the code. Now, if you want to give your offering, you can raise your offering. Father God, bless our offering in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So you can also give your offering to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father God, bless our offering. Use it to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. And those online, we are just about to let go. God bless you. Thank you for joining. May God be with you this week. In Jesus' name. Amen.